All right, we're on episode 20 of the Fuzz Club, and we're talking about the one and only Yob today and their 2014 album, Clearing the Path to Ascend. Uh, before we get rolling, let's do some quick intros. We might have a few other guests in and out on this one, so let's just get started with what, who we got here. Blake? Uh, Blake Kerr, Iwas. Scott Spires, Clean and Silver Stoner. Bucky went black there <laughs> now so <laughs> i don't know if he's there but i'll see him if we want if he wants to jump back in uh we'll introduce him but ryan uh yeah what is there bucky there he yeah. is <laughs> i'm here i'm here I, my, I was on the phone i was like oh, if i answer this what's it gonna do <laughs> so now we know when you're on the phone it just goes black okay, yeah know. <laughs> yeah well wow. it's your time to introduce yourself. We, that, that was a perfect introduction <laughs> Flaw, flaw. All right. <laughs> yeah um i'm bucky i'm i help out with the doom charts just kind of a, a band camp guru and heavy music all music kind of fanatic and reviewer and promoter whatever you want to call it so right on and i'm ryan from high desert queen and i also uh do look at my spoon productions cool so talking about yob and uh, I must admit that I'm I'm kind of new to Yab. I you know had heard of them, known of them for a little while, and just never really took a lot of time to listen. And Blake first introduced me to Yab through Atma, and then we decided to do this album, uh, Clearing a Path to Ascend. And then we decided to jump in on the Fuzz Club episode, which is cool. And I I learned a lot about this album, I, well this band in general, I should say, I guess. You know, the first couple listens, I was like, oh, another one of those bands, 11 minute songs. It's long. It's slow. I don't know. You know, and I, I fucking love this album. I mean, before we get too deep into it, I fucking loved it. These are like 20 minute songs, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some monsters. 11. On that's the short. That's a short song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's only four tracks on this album. So I thought maybe we would do something that we don't normally do and kind of go track by track on it. Um, cool. Someone, someone just logged on here. Eddie, how's it going? How's it going, guys? We were, uh, we just got past our introductions, and we were just kind of getting into uh, clearing the path. So, awesome. right in time, right on time. Um, the first track was called "In Our Blood." Any thoughts on this one? This is like the ultimate song for someone who likes heavy music to wake up to. This uh, is a very heavy opener for sure. Well, it, it's not just that it's heavy. It's it's. I, I think this statement applies to a lot of this. Well, all the songs on the album, really. But it it's made up of a series of movements. You know, it's almost like little, you know, short classical compositions, almost in a way. I think that's that's what kept my interest throughout it. I mean, it's not one of those songs that's just like, you know, fifteen minutes of just the same shit over and over. It. it yeah. It keeps going into all these different places, and the whole album really does that. And I think that's why it never felt super, super long or anything. I just felt like it was constantly interesting. Well, and there's, especially in this song, it's kind of punctuated in terms of that that idea of movements and things like that by by bringing in the the sound clip of it's time to wake up in multiple places in the song. That's all. So the first time that we hear so it's time to wake up is at the very beginning. Um, the the uh, second time we hear it is is that kind of the most brutal climax of it. Um, so it's 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 really I I feel like a lot of people are using sound samples now, and it's not always the greatest. Um, but uh, th this was very well. And it really accentuated the structure of the song. All right, Ox, your your mic is making Blake right. echo Ox, like crazy again. God damn it, Ox! That Canadian internet. <laughs> <laughs> but to jump on what Blake was talking about, I it's didn't even realize what. Yeah, it's a it's a definitely delay. Yeah. But um, when I first heard this song in our blood, I didn't realize it was the same song for a while. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I had it on and and it wasn't until the sample that I realized, 
wait, are they, oh, they're just using it throughout the entire album or something. Okay, that's cool. But no, it was the same track, uh, which I thought was incredible because of, like like pointed out, the movements of this song. And that's, to me, a big staple of, of like, Yob. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm way late to the game on Yob. I discovered them on their most uh, recent record, uh, Our Raw Heart. Um, my drummer, uh, Phil, he's been trying to get me to listen to these guys forever. And I just kind of put it on the back burner. But I think what happened one time is he was listening to something. Uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't even know what track it was, but he was listening to it. And I go, man, what is that? Scorpions? And uh, it, was, it was like, you know, a 10 second clip. And it could have been Scorpions to me hearing his yeah. voice. And uh, and I'm not super into that. So I, I was like, oh, well, he goes, no, it's Yava. I go, oh, if they're going to sound like that for and i look at 18 minute songs i'm not, in, I'm, I'm not interested but uh yeah now they're one of my favorite bands they've probably been my top five most listened to band in the past in the past six months for sure yeah it seemed a little overwhelming to jump into you know just the length of the songs and all this kind of stuff and and discovered that it wasn't discovered that it was very manageable and and all that kind of stuff but you brought up the vocals and i, I was reading something from them today and all the people that he was getting compared to vocally uh, wanted to see what you guys thought about the vocals. To me, I almost heard like like Mastodon or something in there a few times. Maybe not always, but like occasionally. Um, but he was getting compared to all sorts of people. So just curious well, what you guys thought about the vocals. As, as far as I know, I think I read an interview with uh, Mike Scheidt. Um, I believe I'm saying his name correctly. Um, and... Uh, when he started Yob, one of his biggest influences was Cathedral and Lee Dorian. Um, you can hear that a lot more on the early albums. There's kind of two phases of Yob. Um, but it, the, the brutality of some of his vocals definitely comes from Lee Dorian, <clears throat> I would say. Interesting. And he, he also yeah, spends I, a lot of time... Um, on the vocals, he has a vocal coach. He he sings um, really way outside of his lane stuff to push his voice. I mean, he's been honing his voice, I'd say, since this album, pretty much the same way he has his guitar tone. And you can tell, especially on this album and the later ones, his control of that voice. I mean, he can go from this very delicate falsetto to a full-throated presentation and then, really, some of the greatest Cookie Monster stuff, you know, without sounding cliche. I mean, he mm-hmm. he really focuses on his vocal technique. And when you see his live recordings, I mean, it it's spot on with the album. It's unreal. That's that's actually what got me really into him. Was I, I it was it was on YouTube, and I was watching like some live at Freak Valley shows. Yeah, and there and theirs came on, and I was wasn't even paying attention. I go, holy shit. Yob Live is by far my favorite live app there is right now. I was going to bring that up, too. I haven't seen them, but just on hearing Atma and this album, I was like, holy shit, I I would love this live. I would love to see this at some point live. Yeah, I think they're coming to Vancouver soon with Caving. I might have to take a look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are with Caving. That's going to be a good one, man. Yeah. Yeah, we in Austin, we've got uh, with Paul Bearer. Yep. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So the, the second track is called Nothing to Win, and uh, it gets a little bit more intense right off the bat. Um, but what did you guys think about the second one, Nothing to Win? I think it shows a lot of, I mean, this album as a whole, but especially going from the first song in, into the second song, um, you get a better idea of their influences and what they listen to and what what has impacted them. Because, I mean, honestly, at the beginning of this song, you're hearing something that would not be that out of, out of place in a black metal song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and part of it has to do with just his wide variety of picking styles, which is something that, that really distinguishes him as a guitarist. You know, like a lot of guitarists, and we've got at least three on, on this, uh, you know, podcast right now have kind of a, a, a picking style. You know, you have you have your style that you, you attack your guitar with and you kind of, you know, you make changes here and there, but you have a style. And he has like 15 styles. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. And I think that's one of the huge things. Like, I'm not a, I like black metal, but I don't dive into it a lot. And I think what sets, it's, it's amazing to me because I know Yob gets, is, is considered metal. And, and this is it. Like, this song in particular is very black metal, but he keeps it so interesting. And I think it's his guitar playing. I mean, I, I think each one individually is, is a monster musician, but, I mean, it's hard not to listen to the way he picks the guitar. It's it's very very unusual, but super super interesting. Like it keeps my yes. attention always. Do our fellow gearheads know anything about their setup? Yeah, yeah, I know some things too. Yeah, I'm sure, we all do. We probably all have searched these guys. <laughs> I, I own a hovercraft amp because I saw a clip of them a while back, and I actually now have two uh, three hovercraft amps because i talked i talked to the guy and he you know the guy who builds the hovercraft amps and he's like yeah i, I have a i have a yob mod i do uh, yeah i want that um on, on one of my amps and 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 i like i said and i'm late to the game on Yob. like i uh -huh. didn't even listen to him for very long i don't even think they use hovercraft anymore but i know they did for a while they use uh fuzzlord now yeah i think they switched right mm -hmm. yeah well hovercraft's not really making many amps anymore so i think it might be why but yeah, it's very unique sound, that's for sure. Well, he has a signature pedal. Yeah, speaking of the amps. Uh... Go ahead, Bucky. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of the amps, I, um, I cut out there for a minute. But what I was thinking of, we talked about track one, and it could apply to any track, was it has that just a heaviness to it. I think it's the kind of sound that you're standing up next to the stage next to the amp where even a bald guy like me your hair would be flying back in the wind and your clothes like ruffling just the the sheer volume of the sound coming out it's got that kind of feel to it and and the songs are it's kind of yeah, i hate to say it but it's like a journey that it's the the album title clearing the path to ascend it's like the songs start out in steps and they're like clearing and climbing and climbing and then hitting a plateau and, and like going back down and through these caverns of like just heavy and soft and like mystical sounds. And, and I mean, I could keep going about each track, but it's, I don't know where we're at now. Are we on track two? It's, uh, we're just about to start amazing track three, what, yeah. what they do. Which I think is a, about the peak. Okay. Of, of probably. Yeah. Well, I, what I think is interesting about the guitar tone, especially, is is that there are so many layers of complexity, not just in terms of on a note by note level. Like these songs are not easy to play. Eddie could probably play them, but uh, I I can't play them. Yeah, uh, I know what tuning with my, with my one finger, I can't play that. So, um, but he coaxes so many different tones out of it, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean, he has a lot of pedals that he uses, but it's but also it's, just his style, you know. I think it's it, Eddie could probably comment on more. I think it's it's like you say, it's a style and his uh, his attack, like the, the, the attack on that. It's yeah. in, his tone is in his fingers because it's, it's it's so percussive sounding, you know, um, yeah. with, the, with the guitar. And like, like speaking of like percussive, like like track two, the I find the drums are very like tribal sounding with treble beat but they're not like they're not up front in the mix they're they're really far back it sounds like especially like the toms and everything and it threw me off at first but i think it, it works though because the guitars are more up front and it just catch your attention more mm. i think that was what definitely being highlighted on on this track specifically is the guitar for sure yeah yeah because I mean, what, his his hallmark, I guess, if you were going to have a hallmark of like his tone, no, especially of his his dirt tone, would be that it's bludgeoningly heavy, but you can hear every single note. It's clear. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that for me is like, it, it's very strange. You know, like I I do kind of the opposite. I just want a barrage. Whereas he's he's really wanting you to hear every single bit that he's playing on the guitar. Yeah, it's it's really bright, you know. Even though it's super heavy and low, but he when he picks, it's super bright and super percussive. It's it's definitely a unique way of of playing, and it definitely comes, makes the sound sound like it does. Yeah, I think I 
think it was this track. I, I had noted in my head earlier driving down to one of my jobs that around like it might be around the nine and a half minute mark or something that guitar tone it hits one of those moments where you're like just completely like holy shit listen to this it's and it just goes on for like 30 seconds or so it's one of those little like heavy and beautiful it's like i think it's track three there's there's moments on every track but that's that really stood out to me so track three is Unmasked the Spectre. It's a little slower, a little growlier. Hits kind of an inspirational thing in, the, in kind of the middle. Um, that That's an excellent point that mm -hmm. I feel like we need to kind of emphasize about the album as a whole again. I, I know I keep bringing it back to the album as a whole and we're doing kind of a song by song breakdown. No, no that's all right. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that what Yob does that no one else can do. Like no one in in Doom, no one in Metal, um, is they bring a triumphant nature to darkness um, that I find very soothing. Um, because they're, they're bringing you through, it, it's like they're walking you and holding your hand through a bunch of, of dark caves and eventually finally you you get to the end and you see the sunlight and that's that's the triumphant you know three quarters of the way through the song moment mm -hmm. um and and this song is is definitely exemplary the, the fourth song marrow is obviously the ultimate example of that but yeah um, i feel like this song is a great setup for what i consider to be the apex that's that's marrow <laughs> yeah i I knew that Meryl was coming, so I, I kept kind of like skipping through this third track. So I don't know if anyone has anything else to say about the third track, Unmasked Spectre. It's, actually, it's actually my favorite track on the record. Really? The third one? Really? Yeah. Wow. It's my favorite oh, track. My favorite. I, I, think, I think to jump on what you're saying, Blake, about this album as a whole, this is like the total, like I don't have it on vinyl, but to me it's exactly where you flip it over and the second half starts <laughs> and it just takes you in this each song sounds yeah 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 i know it's, it's my favorite track well one thing i'd like to to throw in here the context of this album he had just been divorced and he just weaned himself off of antidepressants wow. so for him the whole thing is a, is a actual guttural journey like on on the first song he's appealing to his gods he is it's like the second or third lyric line is about his gods. And, and I think Blake really, really nailed something. I, I'd, I'd say one band that comes close is Elder, um, where they have extremely doom, you know, depressing lyrics, but the music has this triumphant. But they're polar opposite, where Elder is like really flashy technique. Um, Scheidt's technique, I mean, in the metal world at large if somebody just listens to him they're gonna think he's he's crap as a guitar player because he's not playing blazing 64th notes and blazing um arpeggios but tonally and as far as his his particular discipline i think he's one of the three greatest guitar players currently out there um nobody I mean, can play his stuff it, I, that's that's a good point nobody can play yeah, from experience I, I've tried it. It's it's hard as shit. It, it and the thing about Yob, it's not just Mike. I mean, Travis Foster, I think, is the single best. I'd put um, as been from Monolord would be close, but good God, Travis Foster is like the ultimate. I mean, he's keeping all these things together, and then Aaron Reesberg is to me he maybe second or third to uh, Alice's and Eros as far as unique can, can hold it down so the whole band um and i love that um the specter is, is your favorite it's my least favorite on the album for the same reason that uh, ryan was saying i can't wait to get the marrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I just think it's just such a beautiful song and i think yeah. that I, I like how it it you know i i think i said this on a previous episode too i love it when a band who does this as is not afraid to go somewhere that maybe other bands in the genre. I, like I said, I don't, Yob's writing for Yob, uh, in my opinion, and I, I think we all agree. 
Yab's writing for Yab, and I think these these melodic parts. Uh, and it's interesting because I didn't know that history about what uh, he was going through, but this song is very cathartic, and I think yeah. it's probably was probably cathartic for for Yab to write and 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 play as well. But it's the stuff it's the stuff on like the the most recent album that sounds like this track that I love the most. Uh, like that, that, that that's kind of what I love the most about Yob actually, because his voice is phenomenal. And by the way, we got to quit having singers like this guy and, and hail the void and Greenleaf Cause it's going to make me want to freaking quit. You guys are unreal. <laughs> You're telling me. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I agree with you to an extent. Um, it, there's, there's just this, um, there's a very personal nature to Yob, which I think you're really accentuating very well with what you were just saying. I do, I do slightly disagree though, that it's just for them. Like, I feel like Yob is so connected to their audience in like a unique way, you know, they might be, I don't know the history. So they might very well be. Oh, correctly. Their website is Yob is love. That's kind of like the, the big catchphrase that a lot of people use on, especially social media and stuff like that. You know, and and if you go to a Yob show, like you'll see people like, you know, acting like they aren't, but they're crying. <laughs> In case anyone was wondering, Yob does not actually mean love. I did look it up. Does anyone want to know where Yob comes from? I, I was hoping to learn that on the show. <laughs> I do know. You better get this one right. <laughs> well, it was it was from um, from Mike himself. It says. When you first named the band, we had a huge list of names. We were trying to find one that was something that we could dump all of our energy into and define ourselves, something that wouldn't paint us into a corner. I initially got it from a Looney Tunes cartoon called Rocket by Baby. In naming of the band, shortly after that, we found out that the English version of it, which is the Yob, the Hoodlums, the group of Yobs, or the Fuckers, in Russian it means fuck. <laughs> well, well, well. Looney Tunes and fuck is what I got from that, so which is pretty cool. So the music is deep, maybe not the the name, uh, but I love where I but I love where it comes from. That's I would have not guessed that in a million years. The name's still a little deep. Um, in that episode, you know that the, the old thing about um, what was historic spring babies. Well, they made a mistake. A, a Martian went to Earth, and an Earthling went to Mars, and in Mars, his name was Yob, which is boy backwards. So it's still kind of a little. That's you know, that's pretty cool. I like that detail. <laughs> so, um, go ahead. Uh, like yeah, for this track, the unmasked the specter. I, I think that the reason why this one's like speaks to me so much is like because the way he's like picking these guitar notes, and the the chords that he chooses with the notes that he picks, like the it's like like dissonance. They all flow together, yeah. but they kind of don't in a way. But it makes that tension. But the way he's singing also like is like welcoming you in to what he's doing. It's just a way, yeah, I, I definitely love the way he's picking the guitar and those chords. And like I don't know enough to know what chords he's playing, but they don't sound normal. And <laughs> uh, but what I like, what I like about it, you know, just as a as a listener, is the contrast of his vocals uh, as to what's happening on guitar. I just. I'm always amazed, you know, as, as a singer myself, like the melodies some people pick. And he he's that song really impresses me on the melodies he, he chose. I, I don't think I would have done anywhere near. I, I would have probably tried to follow the guitar a lot. And he he he's got a very unique melody on that song for sure. I think it's what I think it's why it grabs me. The next track is called Marrow. And when we decided to do this album, you know, listening through it a little bit and finding bits and pieces that I liked, but it was a lot to kind of chew off their longer songs and hearing it for the first time and whatnot. But this song blew my fucking mind. It, to me, it was like fucking the stairway to heaven of doom or something. It was just like epic and emotional and it was, it was insane. So this was the highlight of the album to me, and I, I keep going back to this one whenever I listen to it, but it kind of makes me appreciate the different parts of the other songs too, the, the heaviness and the different vocals and all that kind of stuff. But to me, this, this last song is just a fucking masterpiece. I mean, it kind of has that vibe of a concept album in that you get to Marrow 
and it takes the other elements that you've had throughout the album in the 40 minutes or so up until marrow and then it says all right we're going to do all of that but we're going to do it even better for you um it's it's powerful i totally agree like yeah Ryan, did you find the acoustic version of this? This was the highlight YouTube? for me. I did, I did actually find the acoustic version. I, I was thinking about maybe playing like a, a moment of this song on here or something and thought that we'd run into some YouTube issues or something maybe. But I have the acoustic version if you'd like to uh, check it out for you know a little little bit. Not the maybe a full 11 minutes, but. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> So I'll just sit back and enjoy the ride. 11 minutes. Right. Well, I'm uh, a lazy boy office chair. I'm ready to go. All right. <laughs> Let's see how it goes here. It's my chair here. Yeah, you got a good view there, Bucky. My connection sucks. how much we wanted to play that but <laughs> ryan i know you gotta you gotta run but uh, thanks for this episode man Ooh, gotta fight back the tears on that one that's freaking uh -huh. some moving Damn. shit i want to hear no, that no. i want to hear that live yeah. man i want to hear that that's awesome i'll put the, put the link in the description that. for everybody but uh thanks for joining us ryan i know you gotta yeah that's awesome guys yeah and hopefully hey, i can do an episode while i'm on the road for sure yeah best of luck all right peace out y'all see you man see ya. um we also want to welcome Rob from Hashtronaut. What's going How's on? How's it going, guys? Hey. Hey, bro. Yeah. Running so, a little late. Sorry, guys. I was uh, building. Uh, I work at Foul Sounds, and we're just uh, running a little behind on some lifers, and we've got to go out. So No worries. So we were just checking out the acoustic version of Marrow, um, which I thought was pretty rad. I just kind of came across that today and thought it was worth checking yeah, out. Yeah, I'd actually never heard that. That was, uh, whew, it was a rough time to log on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I do have a little bit of background info on the song itself from, from Mike. Um, I'll just read a little bit of it real quick. Uh, I think the arc of the songs preceding it on the record had some of that uplifting quality, but there's also a maelstrom of heaviness and emotion too, kind of a digging deeper and getting more into the dirt of things. It felt to me as I was writing it, if I was going to go that deep into the pit, I wanted there also to be a lifeline that led back out. And that was part of the process or arc of energy that ended up being somewhere positive, hopeful, and somewhere that had a bigger picture to all those feelings and emotions. Marrow almost wrote itself. The other three songs I'd been working on for a while, Marrow was one that really started making itself known during the writing process and other three of the other three. And it was definitely meant to be everything that you had just mentioned. So, yeah. Um, it feels, it's, it's it feels very organic, I would say, is the best way to describe the arc of that song. So, like, hearing that, it, like, it just, like, it kind of wrote itself, quote-unquote, makes perfect sense because... The, the build, the, 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 the song is very natural and it, 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 it's like, you know, it, it's a natural progression the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, when it gets quieter about like 12, 14 minutes in and it includes the organ kind of very faintly in the background mm. and it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds back up. I just think that's, that's literally about as good as I think you can do in this genre. Especially for yeah. that song length, a lot of those longer songs end up feeling like three or four songs just mushed together. But I feel like especially with that that song in particular, but Yab in general is really good at that. Yeah, <clears> the best song in particular, I feel like, is just... feels very fluid all the way through. Like it feels like just one song, hear me. Like one movement, you know? Yeah. Um, we kind of talked about his vocals a little bit in here and how he can kind of do a lot of things with his vocals. And I, I'm, I might, and I think I might be completely off base here, but it almost sounds like there's like a female voice there at the beginning of that song. Anyone else? Probably wrong. No. All right. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just cut that part out. <laughs> this is the part where we all just stare at you a little awkwardly and wait. <laughs> I just I thought know, I man. remember I the beginning a... of that song that there might have been like some female backing or something like that. But yeah, I mean, he really does do a lot with his voice, so I'm just gonna assume that that's that's him just doing his thing. I think it's a it's just a note that he's hitting that has a bit of a female timbre to it. But yeah. It yeah. Uh, according to the, the credits, at least there's no female voice. All right, I'm just gonna cut all that out. I think you've got a pretty wild range in. In, the, in, the, in the pitch. Like he can hit some high and extremely low gutturals, but then he's got yeah. a lot of different like timbre, timber quality. This album in particular, really I really definitely agree. Like he really came into his own vocally. You know, it was kind of because Yab was one of the first um, like stoner doom bands I'd got into coming from like a you know heavier, chuggier music. And I felt like it was um, it was a good segue because it is just really like it has those heavy ch chuggy guttural vocals and stuff and chuggy guitar parts. But in this album in particular, like it re I feel like he can like you know really started to touch a lot of different bases vocally and do it all really well. Yeah, there's there's like a gentleness to it. Exactly. I think what what Chris was kind of kind of getting to. You got to have the the light to make the dark seem dark, you know. Yeah, it's that it's that Black Sabbath light and shade thing. Mm -hmm. Um but Yob just does it better than any other active band in my opinion. And I think because you can hear different intervals in his chords, he's not just playing, yeah. you know, root fifth root power chords. He's playing like you know, there's there's different uh, note intervals in there, and then also when he's hitting melodic uh, notes in his voice, that's where you get that epic beauty from. It, it creates colors, it creates like sound colors, and I think uh, that's what sets him apart from some other stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's not just all power chords and fifths and octaves. It's a lot of you know weird diminished notes, and you know. It's not that where it sounds like there's three guitars going, which just one. That's right. Yeah, I mean this this song is. I'll, I'll fucking say it. I don't care. I I think this is actually the if you're if you're going to label Yob as Doom, which is questionable in my opinion. Um, I just think they're heavy music. They're they're metal. Um, this, Definitely a tweener genre band for sure. Yeah. 
but for me this is this is kind of the apex for for a lot of doom i i don't know that i can name many if any songs that i i think are better than this one in the genre i i would have to agree dude i mean you know you know how i feel about <laughs> certain things and certain length of things <laughs> but man this song just fucking blew me away and i i would say it's it's one of the best fucking songs in this genre i could think of God yeah damn. it's definitely <clears throat> it's a tearjerker for sure yeah it makes you feel like even do you take take the vocals out of it and even just sonically the music tells a story you, you know? could yeah you, i'm sure it's you could tough, feel tough it do, especially and... in the doom genre you know yeah yeah but that's one of yob strong suits just in general i think you know sonically their music because he does do a lot of those diminished notes and it's not just power chords all the time like it really does have its own aesthetic just to begin with like it's a foundation and then you know the vocals and stuff on top of it is just you know yeah it's just after the fact but you know just sonically it already tells a tale so we kind of went track by track on this album um, for the most part, but kind of talked about it as a whole. You know, what what about this album compared to their other albums was here that wasn't on the other albums? Or is there anything that this one's missing? This was this is kind of the the I, I would describe this at least as as very much a transitional album for them. Um, I believe this was their first time. I could be wrong on this. So I might really look fucking stupid in a second. Uh, I think this was the first time that they worked with a, a different engineer um, who they've now worked with, I believe, on every album since. Like, I, I believe that he did a remix and remaster of Atma. Um, and I believe this was the first album that he worked on. So it marks a change in their, the, the sonic you know, nature of their songs. Um, but there's a lot more emotion in clearing the path to ascend as a whole than some of the previous albums. Um, you know, Atma is personally my favorite, but clearing the path to ascend is more mature, I guess. I know we, we say that a lot on this show, but, um, when we were talking, we were tossing around the idea of doing a Yab episode, no one really mentioned, anything newer i i don't think it was a lot of this or atma i mean is there what's the reason for that do you think it's the two best albums uh, i gotta throw something out there for a great cessation i i great cessation I, is brilliant i absolutely respect i think great cessation connects me with me the the way that um Merrill connects with blake uh -huh. and with the rest of you i think one is 20 minutes long and and I think it's their most complete journey and cessation. I, I think this builds on that in a lot of ways that so he was exploring these ideas big time. This obviously is the peak of it, but great cessation from beginning to end for me is I, I consider grace the song itself to be the single greatest doom song ever written. It, it carries the slow. Now I got another beat. fucking song to listen to after after the, the, God damn it. glacial pace, um, and it being a little bit slower, it has more time to develop those movements. And there are these complete two minute long sections where what hair I have left is is standing up. Um, yes, but Marrow, it'd be like a, a ten and then a nine point nine 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 nine. So, but I got to throw something out there for a great cessation. It, okay. it, to me, it's a brilliant album. Interesting. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you can't really go wrong with Yob if you if you don't like harsh vocals. You yeah, might want to. I've not much experience. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like you know what I was saying about like the vocally on um, clearing the path to ascend. Like it was like it felt like that's kind of maybe why it felt a little more emotional because I felt like that was when it wasn't just all yelling the whole time. It was. Mm -hmm. It was definitely a lot more like emotional intent behind the delivery of the lyrics as opposed to just oh, you know, as much as it was. But well, early job was great for that for guys like me that weren't because it was a little, you know, if, if I got into Yob now, like what Yob's doing now when I did, you know, 15 years ago, like it's a little too hippity dippity for some people, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, 
there's there's like a, a change that he's also had in his harsh vocals as well. Absolutely. And I feel like this album was kind of like that, where they kind of yes, kicked it was, into, you know, for sure. I, I was, anybody I was like thinking listening to this, this album on the vocals that... You guys hear me? Uh, not a lot, but a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck up here in the mountains. I have no connection. I guess. <laughs> it's all right. It's like Molly Crew when the tape machine breaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, Scott, what you were saying about our rock oh, yeah. art? It, it, it just, good. it's just not as good. I think you might be a lost cause there, Bucky. I think so. I think I'm going to take off, but man, what a great album. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Connection's not good. Yeah. I might have to go, go sit out here by the lake and listen to more Yaw before I go home. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> there you this, go. Is like, this is like his acoustic performance was. He might have filmed it here. <laughs> Check with L. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I uh, I'm curious, especially among the uh, the more doom inclined people on on the podcast, where you rank this in your you know top doom albums. If we're going for convenience sake, let's just call it a fucking doom album. Um, because I, I go back and forth, but especially really doing a deep dive for this episode. I, I kind of came to the decision that I think this might be the best doom album of all time. Randy's pretty awesome. that decision, but it's, it's I, the genre thing is so interesting, you know, and like, because I, I'm not, I'm new to you. Um, so I, I, I don't really have a huge opinion. Like it's beautiful, epic, phenomenal music and i feel like i i need to um take a deeper dive to really appreciate it uh it definitely is a is, is a really well done album i'll say that and it's something that i really dig but i don't i feel like i've just gotten the tip of the iceberg as far as appreciating it so i i need to really jump in with both feet so this um, is my first full album too with job I'm a little scared to listen to the other stuff. I was so impressed by Marrow and this album that now I'm like, well, everything else is, is going to fall a little short and I'm not going to oh, be no. a big fan. They cover <laughs> a lot mood. of ground and that, that's one of the good things about Yab. Like I said, yeah. like coming out of, you know, a lot of the heavier stuff that I was listening to before, it was kind of a nice transition because a lot of their earlier stuff is like pretty heavy. There's like chuggy, breakdown-y kind of riffs, you know? It's, it's death metal doom. Exactly. So like it's, it was, and then they, you know, they, and then they, they're the whole story arc of how they got to where they are now. And it's, if even the transition that felt all natural, it wasn't like they just all of a sudden dropped this album and it, they're all about sacred geometry now or something, you know, like it was, it felt like, you know, being a fan of them for as long as I've been, like it felt the whole transition to where they are now is it's different. It's much different than the early stuff. And, but there's a place in my heart for all of it. Hmm. One thing with this album I, I noticed as I was listening to it was that the, even though the songs were really long, there was enough novelty and interestingness as the song progressed that I was never bored. And I was, it, and there were surprises. There was things that would pop out and I'd be like, God damn, that's a really cool riff that mm -hmm. I didn't expect. And it's followed up with a really cool melody. And then it's followed up by a cool rhythm of some kind or something. And it's yeah. just like, Never trying to impress you, but it's like these little bits of novelty that are part of the wash, part of this giant, massive rolling thing that's you know yeah. sucking it's, you. It's, it's easy to just let ambient music just be ambient and let it just be itself. But the fact that they check back in and keep you on your toes—it's that's some of the most impressive stuff. Like that dude writes just amazing riffs that are just so long and so beautiful, and you almost forget where you're at, and then all of a sudden it comes back around and. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I was uh I was definitely happily surprised with some of the vocals 
because some of them had some really beautiful tones to them and really reminiscent of some other artists. Um, I was actually also very impressed at the amount of lyrics, because sometimes when a song is so riffy and so long and so laborious, lyrics kind of sometimes take a backdrop and there was actually a lot to be said within those songs. And I was like scrolling the lyrics going, oh, it keeps going. Yeah. Wow. Like they, they did all the work. So and there's a lot of melody too, which is, I think is something that sets them apart, you know, within like the doom genre, if you know, were going to call it a doom album, but like the, how much melody there is to the vocals. Cause that's something I feel like, you know, the genre definitely lacks like a lot. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not, I'm don't want to name names or anything, but there's definitely certain where, it, you know, it gets a little repetitive, a little monotone and there's a little too <laughs> much effects on the vocals and it's just gets washed out and, you know, how the, how the, the, the vocals still maintain their own life within the, such a complex music is it's super impressive. Yeah. Um, to go back to Blake, um, it's like I have my Mount Rushmore of bands, which has changed a little bit recently now that I, I've delved into Acid King. Um, but Yob, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> by the way, there's a lot of similarities between the two that I discovered Friends, as I a completely different approach, but I think they respect the guitar and the tone of the guitar the same way. And they have the same technical approach, but then there's the whole pedal thing where, you know, Mike's got 15 pedals plus, you know, his got more than 15. I'm pretty sure, man, he's got two pedal boards live. I know, I know, I know it, it and it changes toward the tour. Um, Yob isn't part of my top 10, my top 100. It, it, it's this weird thing I have where there's Yob and then there's everything else that I can rate. Oh, I and, 100% agree with that. Like, weird, as far as like within the genre, like Yob is their whole own little planet just circling right. to see that. And, 100% you know, there's agree a few with that. artists, you know, I'm really into the music. So, you know, like Miles Davis, you can't compare Miles Davis to any other jazz musician. And in Zappa, there's some that, you know, I don't even rank them. I don't even put them in because they like transcend that whole idea. That, that and, is and that, that is the nail on the head right there, 100%. Like it's their their whole own little thing yeah. orbiting the genre. And it's, 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 it's in all of music, it's crazy to come by. And it's hard to come by a band that's doing something that's like completely original. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like Yob is, they're completely original. Like I can't think of many bands before them that were doing what they've been doing for as long as they've been doing it. There's yeah. spawned a million Yob wannabe bands, but. And they all kind of suck. <laughs> you shouldn't try and sound. That's I like mean, anytime trying you're like intentionally trying song. to emulate something oh, else, you're going to fall short. You know, I did hear somebody recently that there was a clear Yob reference, but it was for like about 15, 20 seconds and then it moved. I can't remember. I've listened to what, 300 albums in the past month. Um, but I totally got agree with Blake and, and with Rob. Uh, the Yob wannabe bands is like, oh, I, I don't, but I admire the courage. Absolutely. It's a, that's a tough hill to climb. I hear a little bit of um, some Mastodon crossover. Like Ryan was saying, like there's something, um, there's something in the giant mass of sound and wash that is similar, even though they're very different bands. Like mm. I would say, you know, Mastodon, at least the early stuff that I'm really familiar with has more of like a almost thrash kind of uh, feeling where the Yob is more almost post-rock at times, like, mm -hmm. you know, where they're defying the, the, uh, the way the songs are written and the, you know, they're not going by choruses and, and verses and bridges. It's just kind of whatever happens. It's whatever. kind of, I, I think I've said this about a band before and I don't remember who it was off the top of my head, but it's like, if Mastodon hadn't chosen this path and they had gone this path, I could right. see a lot of similarities, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like Mastodon cracked the sky, but a lot better. Yeah. 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 It's like nothing against Mastodon. I think Mastodon is great, but I think Crack the Sky is great, but this is like Crack the Sky, like, you know, on steroids. On something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like very peaceful steroids. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you guys are uh, saying Mastodon because I was, I was like, like singing along in the car, like trying to like, add my own harmonies to his vocals. And like the stuff I was coming up with, I was like, well, this sounds like what Mastodon would do. 
So I get that right. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's there's so much going on that it's like bending space and time. There's just so much sound hitting you. And yeah, you know, I, I noticed right. that a lot. Like you know, re-listening to this album before this, like you're like, oh shit, an hour went by. Like what? Like huh? Like you don't you don't even notice it. Like yeah, it definitely get like especially like I said today. I was like we were building pedals, so I'm just sitting there just soldering tiny parts, and like it, I'm like done already. Like okay, like so you definitely you just get so locked because there's just so much going on it, but it just it's interesting without being like burdening. Like it's not just pummeling you with like just so much. Like look how good we are. Like no, it's not. It's not pretentious. It's, yeah, it's not pretentious at all. It's just yeah, organically like, just amazing. Yeah. My my point about like the the interesting novelties is that it wasn't a, a hard listen that I had to do a lot of work myself with. Like I wanted to hear more, and I was being pulled along. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't want to derail the music talk because I feel like it's gone pretty well. But um, if anyone's interested in the artwork, uh, I did have Definitely. a couple things on the artwork. Yeah. Yeah, I really dig this album cover a lot. I was looking it up. Yeah. So um, Orion Landau yep. is the artist. And he's done a lot of stuff for Yab, it seems like. This is not the first, probably won't be the last, it seems. And some beer labels and all sorts of interesting stuff. But cool artwork and yeah. uh here's a couple other things that he's done russian circles oh, most of, okay. i know a lot of people know he's got he doesn't really stick to one style he's got a lot of yeah, different no styles kidding. which i thought was cool i was just looking them up a lot while we were chatting here like i really love that one that mm -hmm. one's cool to me but uh yeah i guess since the 90s he's the in-house graphic designer for relapse records so he's oh, a lot cool. of different uh genres and albums and sounds and we even saw if you pop it up there's a wind hand one the split and uh i saw a lot of beer labels he did and some of those yeah. are super cool yeah lots of beer. What a lame yeah. job <laughs> <laughs> does anyone know this dead now album because i remember it from a couple years ago i kind of liked it i never heard it i don't know it I, yeah, I don't know it i like the album art though yeah go, go check it out i think if this, if i'm thinking of the right band there's a, a song called like richie black morning or something like that <laughs> but uh yeah it's a cool album anyway uh so there's some more yeah i think this was for like a like a tour or something maybe yeah yeah another oh, album that there's cool. that's that the cover of at red yeah this is like wildly yeah. different than all of his other styles so i just thought that was cool he's got uh another russian circles yeah he's got good, good color schemes and all his stuff yeah, he's definitely got a, like a designer mind. Like, not only is he an artist, he's definitely got like a designer in him, too. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. I, I have to say, with all this art, like each one I was kind of scrolling through, um, even like something like this might be said as simple, but it mm -hmm. strikes curiosity. For These sure. Yeah. Really That's what I mean. Is, like, he's definitely a designer because there's something yeah. here that, like, there's absolutely, yeah. there's like a lot of movement, there's a lot of good yeah. contrast, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, and especially with that Yob one, like you were talking about the album being a journey, and like he hit that. Like when you look at that album cover, it's like hundred percent. Yeah, that's a journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, so he's great, uh, Orion Landau. So I was trying to see if he was related to Jack Landau. I don't know if yeah. you're all old enough to know, but <laughs> I didn't see that come up. <laughs> Uh, anything else that we want to say about clearing the path to ascend? Great choice. I think, Thank yeah, you. I think, like I said, I, I think we covered most of it, but really, like the 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 biggest thing for me with this album is, like I said, I feel like it was kind of like the tipping point in their career, where like they really started to introduce a little bit, you know, more more feeling. Not that their their early albums didn't have emotion or any of that stuff, but like they were just heavy. They were just heavy albums, and this is where the kind of you know more melody and more it just seemed more epic, for lack of a better word. Yeah, like Quantum Mystic off of uh, I can't remember the name of the, the Unreal Never Lived. I think Love that album. Oh, um, versus Marrow, like you can tell it's the same type of you know mindset in a way. Yeah, it wasn't like a complete one eighty. It was still the same yeah. band. They just grew up, and they, they just grew up. They just, they grew the hell up. Way up. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was, uh, that was great. I learned a lot about 
job in this. I, I was happy to dive in and, and I enjoyed every second of it. So that was cool. Um, if you guys want, we'll go around and you guys can plug whatever you're up to and we'll wrap this thing up. Blake, if you want to lead us off. Yeah. Uh, announced in the last episode that I have signed with King Volume Records. We'll have uh, new information coming out about the album and singles and things like that. And the- Rad t-shirts up there too. If anybody wants a t-shirt yeah. from King Volume, I love those shirts. Yeah, we've got some new uh, shirts designed by uh, Todd White. Um, they're really great. So uh, they're available at uh, my band camp, iwaspband.bandcamp.com. Check those out and uh, give a follow and stay tuned. Cool. Scott? Um, right now I'm editing an interview I did with the uh, amazing band called Dope Scrum out of Padnuga. To me, it's blind mind-blowing um so i should have that up on my youtube channel hopefully by this weekend um and then i'll be publishing my acid king it's kind of a retrospective i'm hoping to have that up and then you know the usual top 10 you know albums of april which is an impossible task this month another great month oh good god uh you know the end of year list is i don't know what i'm gonna do (laughs) Rob, what's Hashinot up to? Um, Hashinot's up to not much. Finishing up a new record. We're driving new. Uh, we're coming up to Portland to go to Helveta to record in July. Um, new album will probably be out end of the year, early next year, maybe. We'll see what happens. With you know, if we want to try to do vinyl or anything like that. Um, tomorrow morning, eight a.m. Um, the last run of the Desert Rats. Uh, a collaboration between Foul Sounds and Desert Records. Uh, it's a uh, really cool rat circuit featuring the original LM308 chip. Um, really? Maybe the last run ever. So we got a bunch of really cool colors for the cases. Um, other than that, not much. I'm just smoking a ton of weed and probably forgetting to mention some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Ox? Well, as of last evening, we just finished recording our digital EP. So hopefully that'll be coming out in short time. Um, that was a fun experience. Uh, kind of seems to have a fun little evolution of things going on. Some new cool. sounds and some different things. So that'll be that'll be fun to put out soon. And then... Uh, yeah, got some any shows coming any idea on, on dates of that release or anything? The digital EP will be coming out in uh, June. Okay. Uh, and then we have something else coming out uh, not long after that as well. Awesome. I don't know when the official announcement is, so I don't want to say too much. But um, but yeah, the digital EP is going to be fun. Um, it's going to have a live track on it, which is cool. I'm excited to hear that. Heck yeah. uh, I've never heard anything of us of, of ours live mixed well, so that'll be cool. Awesome. And then uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Just shows coming up. I'm really excited about. What are you going to say? The creative brain over here keeps uh, spinning out stuff for a new album that hopefully will be out in the new year, uh, early, maybe first quarter. He doesn't stop. He makes me go to the garage all the time to practice. <laughs> he knows I live here. Guys, help me. <laughs> this might be the long time. I relate. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun, though. We're, uh, we're playing with a lot of sounds and a lot of ideas and stuff, so. I recommend everyone should bang their drummer. <laughs> Good experience. Heck yeah. <laughs> Rob, Eddie, get on it. <laughs> uh, Eddie? Um, Lords is going back in the studio pretty soon here and continuing working on the new album. And the Endless is going in the studio for the debut album recording in the middle of August this year. And we got a show July 22nd at Black Bar in Edmonton. Nice. Right on. Okay. And you cool. can play and, some uh, cool uh, distortion through like traditional instruments, man. That was wicked. Yeah, I tried it for the first time the other day, and I think I, I'm on to something here. <laughs> that I've never seen before, and men did it sound cool. Yeah, I'm hoping like that's getting any, any culture about them. Uh, I'm going to keep going. Anyways. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks, uh, Ryan and Bucky, who were on earlier. And uh, check out the next episode after this one.
Thank you, Zach. And I guess it's time to go back to the garage. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Sorry, I was a little late. That's all right. Later. <laughs> See y'all.